We love you, Lord. I am so thankful to be in his house tonight. I have sensed his presence all day long. And I believe that the Lord has a word tonight for us. And it's not because I'm up here doing it or anything that I have done, but it's because of him. And I give him praise. Can we give him praise one more time tonight before we start? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Just have your way, Holy Spirit. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Do what you want to do, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Your holy Lord. We worship you, God, because you're worthy. You're worthy of our praise. You're worthy of our sacrifice of praise for some of us tonight, God. You're worthy. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. We wait on you. start this out by saying tonight from December 1st of 2022 through April 1st of 2023 that God called me to a personal time of separation and focus on him and during this time he says I don't want you to talk and tell people what's going on with you And this time that I have had with him has been hard. But I want to tell you, it's been far more rewarding. God spoke to my heart and said to me some difficult things for me to take. One of them being, you're not listening to me. You're not listening to me. I want to speak to you about some things, but you're too busy to hear me and your mind is occupied with things that do not matter. It was during this time that God compelled me to get up one morning early out of bed to read his word and led me to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And in this chapter, there's a very familiar passage in chapter 20 that you all probably know, and you've probably all read it over and over and know the story well, but God gave me a word from it that he wants me to share with you tonight. 
when Randy asked me to speak, this is not what I wanted to speak on. But I have to obey the voice of the Lord in the direction that he gave me to go. Because if I do what he says and I trust in him, he's going to move tonight. And I believe that. So as I began to read specific words, and I, met, I literally mean, as I read this, came jumping out of the page to me. And God said, I'm giving you this personal, detailed, strategic plan so that you can walk in victory while facing your enemy, so that you can advance forward to accomplish what I have ahead specifically for you. And I had something, he had something that he wanted to show me in my life and victories that he wanted me to have. I'm not going to read all of Second Chronicles 20. I will tell you that this is going to be a very interactive message involving the whole body tonight. Not just me just standing up here speaking. I'm going to read specific verses, but I encourage you to go home and read this chapter. Second Chronicle 20 is a detailed battle plan on how the Lord grants victory to those who trust him. Jehoshaphat was facing the greatest external threat in his reign. A great multitude of Moabites, Ammonites, and others from Syria were plotting to crush Judah. And in the face of these incredible odds, Jehoshaphat humbled himself before the Lord. And the result was the greatest victory that he had ever experienced. How many of you tonight need victory in your life? Victory over a certain situation that you may be going through. The promise of the Lord through the prophet Jehaziel is a comfort to all believers who face hopeless situations. It says, do not be afraid nor dismayed for the battle is not yours but God's. And how Jehoshaphat responded to this was truly amazing. He did not run in fear. He did not run away from God. He ran straight to God. And I believe that the enemy is on the rampage and does not want our church, the church, or its people to step any further into revival. We have to be strong in battle and have a strategic plan to fight and move toward together through the trials we are faced with and to not grow weary. And I want to demonstrate this strategy that the Lord showed me. So tonight I'm on call Randy to come sit in one of these chairs. Pastor, come sit in one of these chairs. John Gerald, come sit in one of these chairs. And I want Rhonda to come sit in one of these chairs. So we have the pastor of our church. We have the associate pastor of our church, vital to us. 
to the palace of praise. We have John Gerald vital to the worship that we have here. And I picked Rhonda because of the, the anointing of prayer and the leadership that she has in prayer over a prayer team tonight. Now behind them, I want Greg, I want you to stand behind Brother Miller. Chuck, is Chuck here? Come stand behind Randy. Brother Marvin, come stand behind John Gerald. And Louise, I want you to come stand behind Rhonda. Behind them, I want the rest of this congregation to come up, and I want you to surround them here. I don't want you to, to veer out across, but I want you to get as close around them as possible. If you're not able to stand, I ask you to come forward and sit along this front row so that you can participate with us. Just come on around. I know some of you are thinking, what is she doing? But I guarantee you this, I want to demonstrate to you of this detailed plan that, that God gave Jehoshaphat and how to have complete church victory, not only as an individual, but also as a church body. Some of you that's back here, come on up through here so you're not having to stand in the aisle. We may be up here a minute, but it's okay. So verse 3 in Second Chronicles chapter 20 said, And Jehoshaphat feared, and he set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. The first strategic plan when you are in battle and you need victory is, to, is fasting. We've done it together as a church body and we all know the power of fasting. Fasting is one of the keys to releasing the deliverance and was the key to deliverance for all of Judah in which they, every one of them participated. Fasting is a biblical way to truly humble yourself in the sight of God. And King David said, I humbled myself with fasting. And that's Psalm 35, 13. Fasting enables the Holy Spirit to reveal your true spiritual condition, resulting in brokenness, repentance, and a transformed life. 
With fasting, your confidence and faith in God will be strengthened. You will be mentally, spiritually, and physically refreshed. We as a church body not only need to fast individually, but we need to fast corporately in unity. If we're going to have victory, if we're going to see the revival that God, what we have had here is just a taste of what he wants to do here. Verse four says, so Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord and from all the cities of Judah, they came. Everyone came together to seek the Lord. Verse 5 says, Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem and in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And your hand is there, not power and might. And so not, not one was able to withstand you. So if disaster comes upon us, if sword or judgment, pestilence or famine, we will stand before this temple in your presence for your name is in this temple and cry out to you in our affliction and you will hear and you will save. Second, first they fasted, first strategy. Second strategy, they prayed. In verse four, it not only tells that all of you fasted together, but they all prayed in unity together as one. And the definition of unity is the state of being joined as a whole, as one in full agreement. So could I get these four leaders to stand up? Can you link arms for me? Now can I have you with the person next to you to link arms together tonight? Nobody left out. Everybody linked to somebody. Being linked together is a condition of harmony and accord all in one accord. It is without deviation or change in purpose of action. If there is not unity, Brother Miller, unlink your hand to Randy. John, unlink your hand to Randy. Every other one of you, unlink yourself from the person that you're standing beside. If there is not unity in battle, just one person not functioning in their role could bring a devastating defeat and leave gaps for the enemy to break through and to cause division. I cannot stress enough how powerful it is to be linked together, uniting our faith, forcing the enemy to retreat, and then advancing forward together in unity. It's also important to see how Judah stood together in this chapter with Jehoshaphat in unity. And they supported him in seeking God in prayer. 
you guys can sit back down. Steve, would you put up the, the picture of Moses? This picture represents Moses and his arms being held up because he was weary. He was weary in battle. We need to hold up and support our leaders in the direction, their direction that the Lord wants them to have in prayer and in unity. Exodus 17, 12 through 13 says that when Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, sitting and gave him a place to sit. And one side, when someone on one side and one on the other, they held their hands up so they were steadfast. You that are behind our leaders, hold up, hold up their arms. Aaron and her held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady until sunset. We need to uphold our leaders over us. We need to walk alongside them, pray for them, encourage them when they get tired, and offer them help. Do honors God and helps to fulfill his purposes so now here's what I want you to do everyone that's behind these people that has that's helping keep their hands raised I want the row behind to be touching the ones that has the hands raised and then everybody connected touching someone praying and we're going to have a season of prayer over our leaders tonight So right now, I want you to begin to pray. And here's what I want you to pray. I want you to pray for wisdom. I want you to pray for strength. I want you to pray for health, vision, joy, blessings, their children, direction for the church, a fresh word, and to hear the voice of the Lord. Let's pray. Hallelujah, Lord, right now. and to not grow weary. Lord, I pray, God, that you would bless their children, bless their grandchildren, any great-grandchildren, God, tonight with favor. Lord, I pray blessings, God, upon their homes tonight, Lord. Lord, I pray for direction directly from you. Lord, that you would lead them and guide them so that they may guide this church, God, where you want it to be. God, where you want it to go, Lord. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness. Lord, I thank you for every leader that's represented here tonight. God, you have placed them in the positions that they are, and you have anointed them, God, for this time, for this season, Lord. 
and we ask, God, that you would use them mightily, God, for your kingdom in this church to win the harvest, God, to win souls, God. Move upon their lives, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 We give you praise, God. 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 Praise you, Lord. Lord, their role is vital, God, to your kingdom. Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise, God. Thank you, Lord. Verse 14 then says, Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, in the midst of the assembly. You are the assembly tonight. And he said, Listen, all of you, Judah. Listen, palace of praise, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you king Jehoshaphat, listen Kent Miller, listen Randy West, listen John Gerald, listen Rhonda Burden, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid or dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but it is mine. Verse 16 says, Tomorrow go down against them, and they will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jerel. And you will not need to fight this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, 
do not fear or be dismayed for tomorrow go out against them for the Lord is with you third strategy is surrender God I surrender to your will God I surrender to your way God I surrender to your plan your plans God I you have my ear I surrender to you when God called me to separate and to listen he told me to surrender as well it's time to surrender everything to him those things we've hoped for but nothing has happened our failures what could have been the past the present and the future in the battle you have completely to completely surrender all to God the higher power we have to get out of the way and give him control and let him fight for us I want to take a few minutes and as a congregation in unity I want to sing that old chorus all to Jesus I want you to lift your hands and surrender I surrender all to him I dare freely give I will ever trust I'll trust him though I don't see victory for in his presence what he told them to do sounded like a death sentence to them but they did what the Lord commanded and surrendered their fears and chose to trust God so I looked up the word uh, surrender which means to give up to give it up completely and to give ourselves over to the power of another I surrender all to God And here's what God spoke to me personally. He said, stop weeping and surrender. Stop worrying and surrender. Stop comparing yourselves to others and surrender. Stop looking back, surrender. Stop wondering what could have been, but surrender. Surrender it 
all to him. Verse 17 says, you will not need to fight this battle. Position yourselves, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. He's got your back. He's got your back tonight. We miss it up, but he's got your back. And if we will surrender to him and get ourselves out of the way, we will see victory. Do not fear or be dismayed, for tomorrow go out against them. And Jehoshaphat did bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And then the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and the children of the Korathites stood up to praise the Lord, God of Israel, with voices loud and high. The fourth strategy, they positioned themselves for victory. So when troubles come, the next thing to do is to take your position to stand firm and in their instance they took a position of praise then in verse 18 it says and Jehoshaphat bowed his head and his face to the ground and all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord worshiping him Verse 20 says, and so they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, hear me, O Judah, and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Hear me tonight, O palace of praise. Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. The fifth strategy, they believed God would do what he said he would do. Do you believe that God can do what his word says it will do? So like Jehoshaphat, when faced with the insurmountable enemies, we need to get in and worship God. Whether we bow on our knees like Jehoshaphat or stand with our hands lifted, our battle position is one of praise and worship. Singing and giving praise may not feel like the thing to do when trouble, when there's trouble in the camp. But that's exactly what we should do, whether we feel like it or we don't. Whether he's answered or he hasn't. He says us for us to stand firm, take our position, believe in him. What we need to expect God to do something great. He wants us to watch with the attitude of faith to see how he will come through on our behalf. Can I tell you today that the God I serve never fails, ever. He's faithful. He hears us when we petition him, but it's a matter of our faith and believing in him. You and I are involved in a spiritual war in the unseen realm. God's word makes it clear that we will have times of trouble. All of us do. 
All of us have gone through things and will continue to have to go through things. But the Bible also makes it clear no matter what we may be facing, God has a plan to help us, no matter what. So verse 21 says, And when they had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and should praise the beauty of holiness. And as they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. Praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. Praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. And when they began to sing, and when they began to praise, the Lord set up ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. Sixth strategy, the sixth strategy to victory is they responded with praise and the enemy was defeated. John, could I have you come up and can I just take a minute and tell this guy right here that I appreciate him? Sometimes he goes unseen, but I want to tell you, he carries a great burden coming in here on Wednesdays and on Sundays in preparing worship, to worship the Lord. And he's all about the Lord. It's all about the Lord. It's not about him. So I appreciate him tonight. So Judah began to sing and praise the Lord with expectancy that he would fight for them and their enemies were defeated. God is enthroned in the praises of him, of his people. He reigns among them and does miraculous things on our behalf. The last verse that I'm going to read tonight is verse 23. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. The enemy, they didn't have to lift a finger. We're not going to have to lift a finger. If we trust in the Lord, if we have faith, he's got our back. He's going to fight our battles, and we will have victory, and we are not going to have to worry about anything. And that's what happened here. This massive army coming against him, they didn't have to do anything but have faith and trust in God. And what did he do? He turned the enemies against each other and they fought each other and killed each other. <laughs> he didn't have to do a thing. They didn't have to do a thing. And some scholars say that the ambush involved angelic action. While others suggest dissension and fierce feuds broke out within the enemy's ranks, turning them on one another. Either way, the connection between praise to God and the defeat of the enemy is clear as God brought total victory. So let me take just a few more minutes here and then we're going to pray. Actually, we're going to praise tonight. We have prayed and we're going to end this in praise tonight. Isaiah 61 3 says to put on the garment of praise or worship for the spirit of heaviness and it literally is telling us to wrap yourself 
to cover yourself with a garment of praise so that it will leave no opening for the enemy to penetrate. The garment of praise repels and replaces the heavy spirit. So when you come in here, you're feeling down, you don't feel like worshiping, you just want to sit there and watch everybody else worship, all you got to do is start praising the Lord and the Lord will lift that heaviness as you begin to praise Him with all of your heart. Can I tell you that the type of garment you wear in the spirit matters? The Bible tells us the kind of garment the king is worthy of. I think it's time for some of us to change our garments that we are wearing. You cannot put on the garment of praise like you have on the spirit of heaviness. I believe the spirit of heaviness is also attacking God's people. Some have put on a garment of heaviness and think that you have to live there all of your life. Despite what we go through, we still serve a faithful God. And no matter what hell throws out against us, we have to make our minds up that we're going to cast off. It's an action. It's a choice to cast off the spirit of heaviness and to put on the garment of praise. Your praise is your weapon. Your praise is your weapon. We don't do far enough too much of that. There's never too much praise. So just look at King David for a minute and the hardships, suffering, and trials he had, even having to hide because his life was threatened by Saul. But through all of this, he continued to worship and praise God extravagantly with his whole heart. Remember, he praised and danced right out of his own clothes in radical praise and worship. Chronicles 25, 6, and 7 says, David took his passion for worship, and I thought this was very interesting. He hired 4,000 singers and musicians, plus 4,000 gatekeepers, 288 singers consisting of 24 worship teams led by family elders, which with 12 members responsible for leading worship, and is believed to have had David himself has made or had invented over 2,000 instruments. David hired close to 8,500 people responsible for praise and worship to surround the Ark of the Covenant and the 20, for 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, Sometimes we can't get past 30 minutes. They circled the Ark of the Covenant, danced before it, sang songs of worship. And I have never come across a scripture in the Bible that says that there is a limit on praise. David implemented worship a worship model in the old covenant that John the Revelator saw in Revelation chapter 4. 
And this model was a divine, eternal worship order that is happening in heaven right now. That's what we're going to be doing when we leave this earthly body. Praise is not what God makes me do for him. Praise is what I do for him when I take my proper when I take a proper look at who he is and say, he is my help, he is my defender, he is the lover of my soul, and I'm going to give him something that I don't give to anybody else, only him. There's some Davids that may be here tonight. You're fleeing for your life. You feel like your homes have been under attack. Your minds have been under attack. I have this word tonight, a strategy, a battle plan that will bring your adversary to his knees and the sword of the spirit that will cut off what is pursuing you. Some of us get nervous when others take off dancing and shouting and singing in the spirit and may say, we don't like that, or you don't have to do that to worship God. Come on, we're Pentecostal, and we believe in Pentecostal worship and should not be ashamed or feel backward about worshiping God. We need to get ourselves out of our box and limitations in worship and give him our best praise. It's a vertical connection you touching God in worship, then Him reaching down and touching you. We often wonder why our services can be up and down from week to week, and it's because we are up and down. He's not. We're like this. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God never changes. We are the ones who are up and down and praising him to, according to what we feel. I'm tired or I'm just not feeling it. And as long as we're confined to our soul's realm to worship our minds, our wills, and our emotions, we will be up and down like a roller coaster. I don't know what about you, but I want to be steady in my worship. I want to give him the highest praise that I can give him. Because he is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He has given us salvation. He has died on a cross for us, for our healing and anything else that we need. There's some people that needs to take your praise back. Others need to take your shout back. Some need to take back their war cries. Some need to take back their uninhibited praise. And some need to take back their dance. Tonight I declare, through your worship, heaviness will leave your shoulders, depression will leave your life, sickness will have to go, anxiety in the name of Jesus is released, and whatever the enemy's attack is, victory belongs to you. I want to say that again, victory belongs to you. The enemy thinks he has a right, you right where he wants you. But through your praise and through your worship, God will humble your enemy before you. So to end with tonight, 
Actually, we're going to do a little praise, and I'm going to, I'm going to I want to read a, a scripture over you as, as you leave. But I want us to take some time tonight. I don't want this to be a normal Wednesday night service prayer time. But I want you to give him the best praise that you have with all of your heart, with all of your body, with all of your mind, because he's worthy. He is worthy. Shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. He is worthy. Come on, let's praise the Lord. Go ahead, John. Hallelujah, we give you praise, God. Yeah. 